0: You know, the question was asked Jesus, who has power to forgive except God? And Jesus said that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive. He said to the lame man, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man rose up and walked and took his little mat upon which he laid home. And all were in awe, it says there. And you know what is so interesting? The scripture says the power of the Lord was present to heal. There were a lot of people there that were having their physical issues, but only the one who came in faith, who came in faith, who came trusting Jesus. Jesus will show me his merciful love and heal me. And that faith brought that person into righteousness with him, in connection with him. And you see, my father used to always say, healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. You know, and that's, of course, Psalm 103, where David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, who healeth all my diseases, who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. You could see the hand in hand. And throughout scripture, we can see the original root of all frailty and all physical challenges is the nature of sin itself. It doesn't mean that the person who's ill has acted in sin. It can be. But it isn't. David at times said, Lord, I am ill because I have sinned against you. In other words. David understood, listen closely, that the hindrance between him and God was his sin, not his sickness. Your sickness will never keep you from God. Absolutely not. But you see, if there's sin, it hinders that connection. And then the illness can have its toll on you when when you're not being constantly renewed by the power of God. You see, I feel healing for me is like salvation. It isn't just one time in nineteen September of nineteen seventy eight Jesus came out of my heart. I was born again when I was seventeen. I became eighteen a month later. You know, that I that I became born again. No, I get born again. Continuously, constantly Colossians 3 verse 10, I am being renewed inwardly after the image of him who created me, uh, recreated me, Ephesians 2.10, you know, and so I am, my salvation is a continual work of his spirit in me. And that same belief that I have that he's continuously renewing me, 2 Corinthians 4.16, I'm being renewed in the man daily, for me is the healing. From our flesh. Romans 8, verse 10, 11, 12 talks about how our flesh is made alive by the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, the Spirit of life in Christ. And so that healing is continuously, but if there's sin in our lives, then that can obstruct the manifestation of that life. That's why we should never trifle with sin. It should never think light of it. We need to keep a real tender, conscious real sensitive, tender conscious that even a thought or something we go, oh, no, Lord, no, Lord, no, Lord, my heart is yours. My mind is yours. I have your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your ways. And that we stay tender in our fellowship with God so that that life can keep flowing in the consciousness of our heart and mind and soul and body. So let me take you here to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, please. Oh, this is so powerful. Jesus, who being the brightness of his God's glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. When he himself had purged, that word purged there is the word cleansed, Cleared our record, one translation says. Removed every charge, Colossians 2.14 says. So Jesus, who is the brightness of the glory of God, gave himself to give that grace, that power of forgiveness. Now, he continuously in his preaching says, forgive even as your Father has forgiven you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and verse 13. Forgive as your Father has forgiven. Mark 11, Jesus says as he's entering Jerusalem, talking about the fig tree there, he's saying to his disciples in verse 26 of Mark 11, if you will not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive. If you're bringing an offering and you're aware that you're carrying aught in your heart against somebody, go make it right first and then continue worshiping. In other words, don't ever let anything obstruct that divine flow of forgiveness. Just like yesterday, I talked about the council of mercy. Today, I want to talk to you about this continual flow, this continual river of mercy flowing from his throne, empowering us to keep forgiving. How many times, said Peter in Matthew 18, Lord, Should I forgive when someone comes? If they have sinned against me seven days, seven times in one day, I forgive them? Is that that what you think? And the Lord says, no, Peter, that's not what I'm teaching you. Let me show you what I mean. You see, I want you to not just forgive seven times, but seven times 70. And what I mean by that is there was a man who had a debt of 10,000 talents and was called to repay it but could not and was charged that him and his wife and children would be sold on the open market to give towards the debt and fell upon his face and cried and begged for mercy. And the man whom he owed was moved with compassion and forgave him the whole debt That 10,000 talents, okay? Just to put you in the picture of what that is. In the days of Jesus, a day's wage was one denarii. You'll see that in different parts in the Gospels. One denarii. In one talent, you have 8 to 10,000 denarii, right? In one talent. And the man owed 10,000 talents. If you do a quick little arithmetic, you're looking at 365,000 years, not days, years, to repay that debt if he worked every day of the year. (laughs) In other words, he could never repay the debt. You and I could never pay the debt that was paid on Calvary's cross where within six hours, Jesus satisfied not just the law, but the wrath of God through his sacrifice. Within six hours, he bore that wrath and he satisfied the law by doing what it required as payment for sin within six hours. Folks, six million years You bearing the wrath of God, you could not come to such a satisfaction and such a peace. You couldn't even bear it for a split second. That is hell. Hell is where you're living under the wrath of God and never have relief. I know some people don't believe anymore in hell, but hell is a very real place just like heaven is. And that is not where we're called to be in. in, And God has done everything for every soul, never to have to go there. You have to literally step over the body of Jesus sacrificed on Calvary's cross to get to hell. There is no other way to get to hell but to walk over the body of Christ and trample it on the foot and say, I will not accept the sacrifice he made to free me from God's wrath and satisfy the law that was against me to give me access to God. I will not accept it, no, I'd rather go to hell than to accept that sacrifice. That is what you have to do to be able to go to hell, folks. So in other words, God has done everything possible to save us from hell, from that suffering, his wrath for all of eternity and never having a way to be able to walk free from it like we now can through the blood of Jesus. I tell you the truth, I believe in the love of God, that Jesus Christ sacrificed Completely conquered, overcame, and deprived sin of power over anyone and everyone who accepts that sacrifice. And He now sits at the Father's right hand to give that dominion over sin, to give that dominion to forgive into you and me. You cannot, listen closely, you cannot say, I've been washed in the blood, I've been forgiven all my sin, and then not go do likewise. It's not possible because Jesus there in Luke chapter 18, and Matthew chapter 18, the man who owed 10,000 talents, something he could never repay, was forgiven. But Jesus then goes on to say to Peter, Peter, that very man who was forgiven so much, went out and found somebody who only owed him 2,000 denarii. I'm sure that in the days of Jesus, a debt of 2,000 denarii was a very big debt. 10,000 talents was unimaginable, but 2,000 denarii is 2,000 days' wages. And he took the man by the throat and said, repay me, repay me. And he would not forgive him. And the man could not repay even though he begged for mercy. And Jesus was told what the man had done and took the man who would not forgive and put him with the torturers until he had repaid his 10,000 talents. Do You can see you can nullify your own forgiveness with God by refusing to forgive. But I'm not talking about the refusal to forgive. I'm talking about this amazing, amazing power to forgive. I'm talking about power to forgive. It is a power, folks, that comes straight from Calvary's cross. Oh, how that cross lives in my heart and how I've tasted its power to release, to forgive, to say no charge. All is paid. Jesus paid it all. Oh, how I love that song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. I want to encourage you today. Let that love and mercy of Jesus reign in your heart. Go with me to Luke chapter 5 in closing because my time is running past. Oh, I'd love to read to you Psalm 32, Psalm 51, Psalm uh, what is it, 130, and so many of the amazing Psalms, but listen to this. Luke chapter 5, okay? Luke 5, starting at verse 17. And it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town in Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And then behold, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before Jesus. They let him down through the roof. Jesus, verse 20, saw their faith and he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. The scribes and Pharisees began to reason together. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus perceived their thoughts and answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven. You or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately the man rose up. That power of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to come and live in our hearts day and night to empower us to forgive. Let me close with you. There's another story right here in the Gospel of Luke about a Pharisee called Simon. He was in Bethany where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha lived. And Jesus was asked by that Pharisee to come into his house. And Jesus accepted the invitation and they're sitting around the table and a woman comes in and is weeping at the feet of Jesus so intensely that her tears is washing the dust off of his feet. And she's drying them with, with her hair and pouring this expensive perfume over his feet while she's kissing them. Now, Simon the Pharisee is watching this happening while Jesus is just eating and talking with him. And he was thinking in his heart, the Bible tells this, If Jesus was truly a prophet of God, he would know what kind of woman this is that's kissing him. Him. So you could see that Simon was offended with that kind of woman. He had an inward offense against that kind of woman. He had no love for her. He had had no appreciation for the individual and her life and and didn't know anything about her. And Jesus perceiving Simon's, irritable feelings of heart. He said, Simon, can I ask you a question? He said, yes, ask. He said, there's two men who both owed a debt, fifty and one 500 denarii. Both were forgiven. Let me ask you, Simon, who do you think was most grateful? He said, I assume the one who was given most, who was forgiven most. And Jesus said, you have rightly judged, Simon. Look, I came into your home. You did not offer to wash my feet. You didn't give me the cultural acceptable greeting of a kiss on the cheek and anoint my head with oil to refresh me in the hot weather. You you didn't do any of these things. And this woman has not ceased to... Weep over my feet and wash them with her tears and dry them with her hair and to kiss me and to put this anointing on my feet. And you could see, Simon, that she who's been forgiven much loves much, but he who's forgiven little loves little. You see, Simon had no love for this woman, he had no love for her, but you see, he didn't have much love for Jesus either. And when we don't have this love of the Savior in our heart, our ability to forgive is very small. If you get irritated over everything, if you walk with grudges in your heart, if you walk with irritants in your heart, with unresolved frustrations, then your power to forgive becomes very small to the point where you do the opposite. Instead of forgive, you cause offense by being offended with everybody and angry with everybody and charging everybody and never letting them go. You become the prison keeper instead of the one who opens the prison's doors. And Jesus said in Luke 4, I have been anointed to proclaim liberty to captive and open captives and open prison doors to proclaim the opening of prison door. Jesus opened that woman's prison door because she felt so loved and forgiven by him. And he looked at the woman and he said, go, all your sins are forgiven. Oh, how I love this power. And how I pray that you seek it through your union with Jesus and that your heart becomes more full with this love of the Savior so that the power of forgiveness may grow stronger and stronger so that there's nothing the devil can do to use you to condemn anyone. Amen. Have a good day.